Hey, and welcome back to Game Talk. I'm your host, Evan Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor and Mike. Hello. And uh, we're kind of at a bi-weekly schedule right now. It's just because of, you know, everyone's busy and it's that time of year, but we're here to talk about video games. A lot of kind of random small things happened over the past two weeks. And uh, I guess we can start with the Animal Crossing Direct that finally happened. Uh, now, I actually did not watch this, so I know very little about what was actually revealed. So maybe Connor. I was actually pretty impressed with what they showed on the direct. They showed they're adding gyroids back in, which is a huge feature for a lot of people. They're adding the Roost, which is like a coffee shop that has been a series staple since the ver- the second game in the series. What's gyroids? Gyroids are like these little... Uh, <laughs> God, they're kind of hard to describe uh, to to somebody who's not an Animal Crossing fan. They're like these little things that you dig up, and they kind of look like cactuses, I guess. They they're these like soul vessels or whatever, and they go doop. Oh, yeah, is they it, is dance, it, like yeah, they it, dance and make noises. Yeah, and I think they used to look it, really it, weird, but the redesigns for them are like uh, like I've always liked them, but the redesign is amazing. But is it, it like villagers side B in Super Smash Bros? Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's one of those and also, like the little thing, I think they show up when you like put up a community works project or whatever. Like the oh uh, yeah 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 I know yeah yeah. Uh, they're bringing back ordinances, which is a really cool feature in New Leaf, where like uh, like there was one that like these stuff sold for more. There was one where like your villagers and your shops would open early, and your villagers would get up early, or one where they would stay up later and stay open later. Stuff that just kind of makes it easier to play on your schedule, you know? Yeah. And uh, my favorite, which is like the beautiful town ordinance or something, which is where your villagers actually pick some weeds for you. So, like, if you don't play for a while, you don't pick up an island full of weeds. So that's like a godsend. I can't wait to get back on my island and see it. It's occupied by the weed menace. Yeah, I went through and cleaned mine up today to kind of get ahead of it because I just have been itching for Animal Crossing lately, honestly. And yeah, mine, they're adding in some farming and like cooking mechanics, which like uh, you, this is kind of my beef with New Horizons in general is that like you add these mechanics, but they're so surface level. Like we have no idea if there's any reason to cook, you know, other than to like set your dish on a table so that it looks nice in your house. Like, I mean, isn't that the whole point of Animal Crossing, though? Like it there's is, no it is, reason like, to do any of it. You can do that in Stardew Valley, too, but there's also a game on top of it, you know? There's no reason to pay off your debts in Animal Crossing. Yeah. And they, they are adding a lot more, like, they're adding some more bell sinks. There's a uh, Harv's Island is expanding, and, like, a lot of the, like, visiting people, uh, after you spend some money on Harv's Island, will, like, show up there permanently. So, like, I think uh, they're adding the two llamas, I think they were, from New Leaf. And they're going to be like able to customize your furniture, I think, further. Like, custom, like stuff like big stuff, like the lighthouse you could put up in your island. You can like change the colors on those, and you didn't used to be able to do that. You'll be able to do that there. You can get kicks to set up permanently on Harv's Island. Like, all those like visiting people that would show up in your square, you can get them permanently on Harv's Island now. Oh, that's the dream. Yeah, that's cool. All that stuff is kind of cool. Although, I do think it might detract a little bit from like, the specialness of them visiting. I've always been kind of hit or miss on it. It's a lot like the city from city, uh, city folk. Oh, I missed. I actually liked the city. I think that was one of the weaker entries. I liked the city and city folk. Yeah. I liked it too. It was 
the best part of that game because other than the city, it was just Wild World, but on the Wii. But yeah, the city was. It was a good method of, hey, here's some high end fashion, and here's some. Yeah, no, it worked. It. it de- I also really liked that you could run into villagers that you didn't have in the city. And I kind of hope that that happens on Harv's Island too, although they didn't show it. But I kind of like the, like, I don't mind a villager moving off my island, but I mind it a whole lot less if I might bump into them again, you know? that's. I mean, villagers aren't as important in this one because they don't have as much personality. I know they don't. And and I think they're fixing that a little too. They're adding a bunch more villagers and I think they're adding more dialogue as well. They're adding a bunch of new villagers and some of them look really cool. That's cool. I didn't really dig into that. Um, and then there was a substantial other announcement other than this update, which is that it's getting a uh, a $25 DLC that is like, basically, it's a new version of Animal Crossing Happy Home Designer from the 3DS, which is like, you go and it's, it's, it's that game that I'm talking about that it kind of needs, which is like, you get a villager and that villager like has a request and you build a house to their spec. And I don't think it really grades you or anything. Not really. It might grade you in the same way that it like grades your personal house, but I don't think it can really grade you on how well you satisfied what that villager likes. But there's just like, I think there's like 48 plots or something and you just build a bunch of houses and there's like stuff where you like build a school too. Like you really take the tool set that's already in the base game and you actually get to use it to do more than just your own house, you know? And this is like a paid expansion? Yeah, 25 bucks, yeah. So what what was the whole thing? Like, aren't they like tying the expansion into Nintendo Switch Online or something like you that too? Get the, you do get the expansion if you pay for Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pass, which we'll talk about in a minute. Uh, yeah. You do lose the expansion if you stop paying for that. So like, I'm just going to pay for the expansion because I don't yeah. want to lose it later. Like, okay. Yeah, and also I guess I guess they tried to add that as like kind of incentive to get people to move up to the higher subscription model. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute, right? Because like I I got a lot to say about the. We'll talk about that when I talk about Sora because that was announced at the same time, right? No, this the expansion pack was announced with Animal Crossing, or the price for it was. I thought they announced it when they announced the. Nintendo Direct last month when they announced these two directs. Yeah, they announced that we were going to do the expansion pack. The pricing and what was in it got confirmed. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. The Animal Crossing Direct. Anyway, the, the Happy Home. God, I don't even know what the Animal Crossing DLC is called, but it's it's Happy Home Designer is what it essentially is. And uh, the cool part about it is it's adding features like uh, like being able to place like a full wall. In, in the buildings and stuff. And at first it looked like you were only going to be able to do that in the happy home designer homes. But uh, once you play it for a while and progress, you unlock the ability to do that back in your own house on your Island, which I think is really cool. Like being able to do like a dining room and a kitchen that actually have a wall between them. Like that's game changing. to yeah. me. And they're like adding ways like you, they're adding a, uh, a new uh, pattern designer that like lets you do walls in more detail, I believe. And they're adding like furniture that hangs from the ceiling. They're doing a lot of really cool stuff there. Yeah, that's cool. Like, I mean, I think Animal Crossing is a game, and this is my opinion after just playing one entry, is a game about the little details, right? And the more those little details get into the game, the better. It has like an exponential effect on the quality of the game, I think. Um, But yeah, as long-term Animal Crossing fans, like how do you two feel about this content drop? I think if it had just been the uh, the 
update, it wouldn't have been enough for me. But I think I am going to pick up the DLC and play it. Yeah. I think it's cool. It, the DLC adds like a whole progression that the original game didn't really have, in my opinion. And that's kind of huge. And um, I mean, the update is just adding content that was removed this edition of <laughs> Animal Crossing. Exactly. The, the but the DLC is features new that content. The update adds features that should have been there a year ago. They should have been there at launch and they weren't. And it was it's only kinda, a year? It's been a year and a half, bud. Oh my god, I thought it was like two, three years ago. It was March 2020, yeah. Uh, we're still in 2021. <laughs> yeah. So, what do you guys make of the news that, like, this is it for Animal Crossing uh, New Horizons? They've pretty much added all the stuff that was missing, so that's fine. But they didn't say that this was it. They said this was the last free update. They did not say this was the last oh, DLC. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I feel like they'd have to be crazy not to just like have a team on new horizons working on content like all the time at least yeah. for the next several years i think the thing is like i don't know i think the obvious dlc for new horizons is to make like furniture packs and stuff oh by the way froggy chair is coming back thank you oh God. that's hype let's go i'm buying that's, the dlc that's right in the now. free update yeah oh, um, the free update yeah yeah, a lot of the furniture that was missing from the game is coming back. To, it really does feel like the free update is finishing the game to the state it should have been in a year ago, and that's annoying. Mm-hmm. It's not really adding anything new to the series. But yeah, I think the I think combined with the DLC, I'm I'm going to be in a good place with it. I think I uh, it might be enough to elevate it to my favorite Animal Crossing, which it, it kind of was not. I wasn't ready to put it there before because it was just missing so much stuff. That's high praise because, like, just listening to you talk about this game, you've been very critical of it. Well, I'm critical of Animal Crossing as a franchise because it's been, it, it's really just gotten worse with every game since the first one. <laughs> if, if I'm being honest, like, it, you know, the, and then, then there's still the Nintendoisms that, like, the experience would be vastly improved if I didn't have to go through four menus to get to multiplayer. If I didn't have to if I could actually play the game in multiplayer instead of just walking around doing nothing uh, with other people on my island, you know? Uh, yeah, I feel like a multiplayer is a huge missed opportunity for this yeah, game. Yeah, they really, they really messed it up. In every possible way, they messed up the multiplayer in uh, New Horizons. And it's, it's almost irredeemable, and that sucks. I mean, but, to me at least, it was cool to just see other people's places, but like... I, I agree with that. It sucks that was the sort of extent of it yeah and i almost think that like the the dream have you played since they added the dreams Ammon? no so they I added a, this was a, an update a long time ago they added uh if you lay down in a bed you have the option to have a dream and you basically in your dreams visit another island and it's another player's island you can like put in an island address or whatever it's called and visit anyone's island. And I almost think that that's a better experience than playing actual multiplayer is in a lot of ways, because you do it on your own time. You're the only one sitting through the load screens and everything. And like, you're not inconveniencing someone when you leave and you can just kind of enjoy their island at your own pace. Yeah. And I, the fact that that exists, like why is the multiplayer in such a bad state? Why can like, why can I not decorate my island while people are over? It doesn't make any sense. It's very well, frustrating. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> the whole decorating thing was so they didn't have people like ruining your island or something. But Yeah, no, I get why 
But like they have a best friend system. So like if I register you as a best friend, you should just have full permission to do whatever on my island, in my opinion. But that's that's whatever, you know, it's annoying. But as a Animal Crossing as a single player experience, New Horizons is still quite good. But even then, it's like it doesn't have the bite that the first one had. Like, Mike, you can probably back me up there, but like the villagers used to have a lot more to say than they do now. Oh, yeah. They used like the snooty villagers used to be awful. Yeah, they, they'd be mean. <laughs> they were like, like, uh, you ever watch Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? Oh, yeah. You remember yeah. that pretentious, like yellow imaginary friend? What was there? Eris or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was like a whole class of villager that talked to you like she would. Like, and that was like fun. Like you hated them, but like it was fun that they were there. It was fun that the game had bite to it. And they've they've really taken the teeth away, you know. But I still think like with this full feature set, uh, New Horizons has enough to go head to head with the GameCube game. I don't I still don't know if I would call it my favorite yet, but there's enough there. Well, that's that's good. And uh, yeah, I feel like, you know, I said in an earlier episode, I kind of want to restart my island. I don't know if that's true. I think I will just jump back in. And I feel like if I restarted, I would I would be happy for like the first day or so Then I'd be like, well, I lost like everything. And yeah, that, gr- not, so. that first week grind. I can't imagine doing that again. Like, yeah, no, I think it was a positive one time experience. Yeah. But no, doing I, it again, I'll never forget, dude. Like, yeah. Like, this was my first Animal Crossing, just the feeling of, like, playing a little bit each day and having the game open up little by little. It was so, so much fun, especially, you know, when that game came out. Like, there was, we were just kind of, like, doomed as a society, but, like... Yeah, and I just wish there had been more of that, you know? I wish it could have opened up little by little for, like, a lot longer. Yeah, and, like, I had no desire to, like, time travel or anything. It was just perfect. I love getting, like, my bite-sized pieces of Animal Crossing every day. Because that's another thing that's still going to be missing from the game is, like, there there are only two nooks crannies in uh, New Horizons, whereas, like, historically there have been four or five upgrades you can do. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, all the way up. They would have, like, nooks cranny, then it would be, like, nook and go, which was, like, a little go-mart thing. And then Nook Way or Nook Mart, I forget. And that would be like a little supermarket. And finally, you would get like Nookingtons, which was like this massive two floor, like very opulent thing. And I almost feel like they didn't do that in New Horizons at first because they didn't have enough furniture for it. Like, but that's not coming in this update either. So there's still, you know, there's still some important stuff missing in my opinion. Yeah. Well, I guess we can kind of dovetail this into the discussion of the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass price. Nobody should buy it. It's $50 yeah, don't do a it. year for one person and all like $50. That's more than twice as much as it is now. So, like, yeah, so they've yeah, over doubled the price and I in my head I was like, okay, it has to be between twenty and sixty dollars, right? Because sixty dollars is what PlayStation and Xbox are charging for their yeah. online service. And in Nintendo's head, they were like, okay, you know, like obviously we if we charge sixty, like people are gonna laugh at us. So they did the next best thing and charged fifty. And let people um, laugh at them for that, because it's still an awful service that you'd have to be out of your mind to buy. Like Yeah, so <laughs> The issue yeah, pay is for like a month, play through Ocarina of Time and play through Majora's Mask. And if you never played Super Mario 64 or no, Majora's Mask isn't even in it yet. 
Yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. They'll wait for a little bit. Yeah. Then play so, Majora's Mask. Wait for it. Pay for it a month. Play your Zeldas. Play your Mario 64. Cancel it because it's a garbage service and nobody should be paying for this thing. Like, so question, question here. How many people are allowed in a family? Seven, plan? I think. Seven? Yeah. And the family plan is priced at 80 Yeah. $80 a year. Yeah. Hey, man, if if you, me, and Mike, and we could find like four no, others. I'm no, sure. I, won't, I wouldn't do it. This service, because that'd be what? About $12 a person still almost? 11 Yeah. It's not worth that to me. It, yeah. th- this service is so bad that it would not be worth $11 a year to me. Like, it's terrible what they're offering. You're just paying a lot of money for expansions and yeah, old like, games. Yeah, like... These games, it, paying for them individually, sure, but the fact that those games are going to go away when I stop paying the subscription service, no, man. Like, go. It's just a worse. It's a worse offering than was on the Wii U in every possible way. It's terrible. Yeah, I, I feel like Nintendo feels emboldened by the fact that like they can and will get away with it. So, and the it's, fact it's, that Xbox Game Pass exists, but Game Pass is such a better, better option. Game, yeah, I mean, Game Pass is a lot more expensive. It's like $120 a year. But, but you get the newest games. Yeah, right. and like, Nintendo is clearly comparing themselves to that. And like, Nintendo shouldn't even be comparing themselves to Xbox Live and PlayStation because their online multiplayer does not work. They have like one functional game. Yeah, I mean, it's I think like, we've we've hashed this out in the past, but I think Nintendo is squarely putting their value on nostalgia, right? Like, yeah, and they're like, out here manufacturing N64 controllers in 2021, you know? Yeah, and no, no, guys, like, no, I, I genuinely don't think, I, I think that this service is going to bomb. I don't think anybody's going to pay for it. Like, nobody was willing to give up their multiplayer in Mario Kart, but no, nobody's going to pay $50 a year for this. I, I, think I really think this is going to bomb. a reasonable price for this would be $30. Yes. And like, um, yeah, like, if, if it had been an additional $10 a year or something, like, I'm paying $35 for a family plan now. If it went up to $45 or even maybe $50 a year for a family, then yeah, I'd still be thinking about it. Yeah, that's doable. But And, and to be clear, they did include the Animal Crossing DLC in this. However, if you ever lapse your subscription, you lose that DLC. So like, no, <laughs> no, guys, that's not. No, if I paid for a full year, you should let me keep my DLC. Yeah, I mean, they should, but there's no sort of analog to, like, Sony and Microsoft operate the same way, right? Like, you stop paying for Game Pass, you lose access to your Game Pass games, you stop playing for PlayStation Plus, but you they lose also access to all the free games you games. <laughs> Yeah, true, true. It's it's just so frustrating <laughs> to me that I'm paying, you know, even every time I'm reminded that I pay for Nintendo Switch Online, and then, like, to look at the multiplayer experience in Animal Crossing, to look at the multiplayer experience in... Super Smash Brothers, to look at the multiplayer experience in Super Mario Maker. Like, these are all terrible experiences that they're charging me for. Why? <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know. Do, do better. I, I would happily pay, like, the $80 a year family plan. That would not bother me. Even without the N64 and Genesis games. They did add Genesis games as well, although those are available in better ways, even on the Switch. You can buy Genesis collections and stuff. But um, even without all that, it charged me $80 a year for your family plan. If your multiplayer works, I would pay it. I wouldn't be that mad. But it doesn't at all. <laughs> Other than yeah, Mario and, Kart and Splatoon, it might as well not exist. And I do wonder, like, 
I don't know. I feel like, do we know how good Splatoon's multiplayer is? Like, I have no sense of that, right? Like, I, okay. I have to imagine it's fine because that's all the game has and people love the game. So, yeah. And like, I imagine like ARMS was also decent. So I don't know. I feel like I, I guess I'm sort of playing devil's advocate here, but like out of the games we frequent, the multiplayer is not very good, but I okay, feel but like you're going to really you're Nintendo and you're going to put out a Mario game where the multiplayer doesn't work. Are you, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like Mario Maker's multiplayer was no good, but like, uh, let's see. The balloon the, hunt thing in Odyssey was good, but that doesn't count. That's not that's not really multiplayer. Well, not balloon hunt. The the Mario game that just came out with Bowser's Fury. What was that? Three oh yeah, that did work really well. The multiplayer in that. Yeah, you got me. Yeah. So um, I, I don't know. I think it's more honest to say it's just a severely mixed bag. Yeah. Whereas like it's consistently good on Xbox and PlayStation. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you that. It. Yeah. Mario 3D World, I played it start to finish online multiplayer and had a pretty positive experience. So, yeah. It's wild. It's even when PlayStation's service was free, it was better than what Nintendo offers 70% of the time. Well, okay, but let's take a step back. Like, let's really get into it because none of these guys should be charging you for it. Yeah, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. These, they are not running game servers. All of these games are running peer to peer. Like, they're, it is like, I'm not going to say pennies a month for them to like run matchmaking. It's probably more than that, but like it is not a substantial cost to them. They are just taking your money. All of them. Like, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah. And, and it really, it comes down to the fact that like, it, it's it's kind of scummy because it's like basically them saying like, what are you going to do? Not play multiplayer? There's a reason that Microsoft will never charge PC players for Xbox Live Gold. Like I play Xbox Game Pass games all the time and I don't have to pay for multiplayer. And the reason for that is that we're not stuck. We're not trapped in an ecosystem. So you can't charge us for nothing. We'll find a way around it. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. we'll just mod our game so that we can play on a different server. Like, you know. Yeah, so, I mean, like, PC players are were already outside that whole scheme, right? Like, there's no forcing you into paying for multiplayer, right? Like, either doing it from the start or, like, it's not happening. Yeah. That's well, why no, a lot I mean, of companies have started, like, adding free games. Yeah, I mean, yeah no, I was going to the, get to that. That's, like, to- the most attract. Honestly, as a mostly single-player gamer, that's the most attractive thing to, about PlayStation Plus to me. Because, like, more often than not, the free games every month are very good. So yeah, I've gotten a ton of really good free games. Uh, that's that. attracted me to PlayStation Plus before. I, I've paid for PlayStation Plus for a month before to get the free games and stuff. Yeah, I mean, they've given away like Bloodborne for free. I mean, month. you don't own the games, but if you just re-subscribe, you can right. play them again. Yeah. yeah, which, you know, standard. But, you know, it, it would be nice to just own them forever. But PlayStation Now is getting to the point where it's a pretty good service too, honestly. But yeah, I mean, they've definitely been ramping it up. I'm sure in response to Xbox Game Pass. The problem is they don't market it as well. Like Game Pass is like constantly in my periphery. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, this is kind of a tangent, right? But like Xbox's number one priority strategy is Game Pass, right? They are they are synonymous with Game Pass at this point, whereas Sony is not synonymous with PS Now, right? Like they're still. You know, they still advertise their exclusives as their big selling point. But I don't know if if, if ga- Game Pass ever gets to the point where it's like the main way people play games. I'm sure Sony will come out with like a more solid branding for PS now. Yeah. 
Yeah. But anyway, but yeah. I just I just want gamers to know that these companies are robbing you blind and giving you nothing for it. And uh, it sucks. I, I don't know. This, there's, there's no solution for it. But yeah, I mean, uh, Xbox Live and PlayStation Plus are both massive scams. Oh, yeah, they've been massive scams since the generation. They're actually less of a scam now than they were when they came out. I'll give them that because they right. gave you the free games and stuff. I mean, PlayStation Plus started with the free games when it was yeah. a subscription service yeah. for the PS3. That's a great point. There was a small period of time, I believe, when PlayStation Plus was giving out free games and not charging for a multiplayer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which, yeah, that was... That was like, the t- from the time it launched in place on PlayStation 3 until the PlayStation 4. Yeah. But Nintendo's is definitely the biggest scam of all, because, like... Oh, yeah. You can get a better... Like, every single game that they... Sorry, I'm gonna. This is this is a little bit of illegality. I'm saying here every single game, and I wouldn't say this if it wasn't a better experience. But every single game that you can play on Nintendo Online, you can play and probably have a better experience in your browser. No, yeah. that's totally that's totally true. You can and do that on an Xbox Series X if you want, or a Series. I think S. I think the weirdest part, and this is kind of a tangent, is that Nintendo's going against is trying to fight archival of their games. And in a lot of cases, a lot of those games that Nintendo takes down will never be re-released by Nintendo or the company or the company that that made them for Nintendo went under decades ago. Yeah, my tune would also change, honestly, if like they're doing they're leaning into the retro game thing. My tune would change massively if they just uploaded a significant amount of the SNES and NES library or a significant amount of the N64 library. They don't do that. They give you like one or two games every six months, and it's like Doctor Mario and like Wario's Woods. Yeah, it's always the big games, and that's another way it 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 pales in comparison to PlayStation and Xbox. Right? PlayStation and Xbox, you get guaranteed minimum two games free a month. Yeah, Yeah. sometimes it's even more than that. (laughs) With Nintendo, every few months you might get one, you know, twenty-five-year-old game. Yeah, Yeah, and it's Mario and and like. Don't get me wrong, these games are old, but like once you get into SNES, you're not really seeing the age of the game that bad, in my opinion. Like SNES games have aged pretty well. SNES not- games have aged better than N64 games, <laughs> I would argue. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of NES games have not aged super well. I'd say like with the exception of like Super Mario Bros. 3, like I think the only SNES games that didn't age well were those that were not made by Nintendo. Those were that were made difficult intentionally so that you had to buy them instead of renting them. Yeah. But like Super Mario World could come out tomorrow as an indie game and I would think it was phenomenal. Yeah. Like that's just how it is. But like it's not the point. <laughs> you so, know? So one additional point I want to make here is that I don't know I guess I haven't been online too much, so I don't know how big the outcry is to this pricing plan. I but. have not seen anyone. I've seen a couple of influencers saying that they're going to get it for a month just to actually like review it. Well, what I'm but getting like, at is that, you know, like very recently, both Sony and Microsoft had have had instances where they made business decisions that were so bad. Everyone yelled about them and then they rolled them back. Right. Nintendo Sony would, would never. I, I will, yeah. yeah. Here, okay. So Sony with the, the whole Vita store thing and Microsoft with the Xbox gold price increase now it's nintendo's turn <laughs> let's nintendo see would never ever go back yeah I, I mean i i totally agree with you but like 
if there was anything, maybe this would be it, you know? Cause like, if, I think if, if like no one buys it, then that's a really, really bad look, right? Like Nintendo they, is one of the last companies that still relies upon that old, old school Japanese business way of thinking where it's always this decision is final. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of Japanese companies still do that. I know Sony <laughs> doesn't. The killer, I mean, the killer thing is, Anto- or, uh, why did I say anyway? Nintendo does not stand to lose money here because yeah, n- n- like they they might not make money, but like this probably cost them like less than twenty grand to put together. Right, like financially, this costs them nothing. But yeah. you know, in terms of mindshare, is so important in this industry, right? Like we we keep going back and back to that infamous Xbox, you know, one uh, reveal, yeah, right? Magic. Like yeah, mindshare can cripple you for the better part of a decade financially yeah. in this industry right so like i don't know man i, d- I don't know if this will be a big enough conference controversy to actually like make nintendo and- have second doubts but like i do think if people are very vocal about this for long enough nintendo will at least acknowledge it i i, I think yeah, it's my also- beef is like lowering the price doesn't solve the problem like because it was a bad service before, and now it's just a bad service that they're charging more for. I'm like, I d- what I wanted was a good service. <laughs> yeah, but- and and you know, part of me, the hopeful part of me, thinks that like, what if Nintendo's pouring all the enhanced networking resources into the Switch sequel, which there are more and more rumors about every day. It seems. Um, I think Nintendo's getting too comfortable because they finally found a share of the market that no one else has touched yet. Yeah, and here comes a Valve. Swinging. Oh yeah, Valve is about to swinging at them. I, I a lot of people were like, I, I've known people, I've talked to people at work. It's like, why would I buy a Steam Deck if I'm at home? I'm just going to be on my computer. But maybe you're not at home. Maybe you're at work and you want to play <laughs> your Steam games, or maybe you just want to be comfy while you play Stardew Valley. Yeah. On- like bed or something like i a lot of people don't get the value of just laying on your bed and playing pc like yeah it's it's an expensive way to lay in your bed and play pc games but like then you also have don't get me wrong the steam deck seems very nice but it would i i feel like they're it's like a david versus goliath situation right now like yeah, Nintendo. No, it would take a lot. The Switch, yeah, not, not even cripple. It would take a lot to challenge the Switch, in my opinion. Oh yeah, like, it would to challenge it, Nintendo's market position. I don't know, man. Companies Valve, about it. Valve has a lot. Like they're they're less vocal because they're not like fighting a console war, really. But Valve has a lot of sycophants that will like just do anything. Like, but more than Nintendo. Come on, man. Like I don't know. I mean, I'm a I fan think, of yeah. Valve. Because they, I don't they know. Valve just does good things. Yeah. Yeah. No, no but you also have a lot of people who are like, I would never buy games on Epic Game Store because I buy okay, all my but games. But l- l- let's be real here. And at the very least, now there is a competitor, which can only be yeah. good, I think. A competent so, competitor. It's not like a Vita situation where, yeah, like, poor Vita. They put I put it out it. and then did nothing with it. I love my little Vita so much. I'm so sad that it died like it did. Yeah, I was actually talking. I was talking to a friend the other day. who was talking about really wanting a Vita. And I was like, man, that's a rough way to live. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> it's, wanting a Vita in 2021—that is rough. Yeah, I mean, it, if anything, it's a good. I mean, it's I a good emulation them. machine. It's a good retro machine. I pointed them towards the Steam Deck because it's going to be able to play PlayStation games. Yeah, I think I yeah. think the wild part is that Nintendo's one of the last console manufacturers now that still has 
exclusives that have not seen another platform. It's never going to for Nintendo. Actually, that's a lie. Mario has seen. Yeah, PC. I was going to say it's happened, but it's never going to happen again. Yeah, like I don't Nintendo. Like we can get into it later, but even Sony is like caving hard, which and it makes sense, right? It simply just makes business sense. It's right? more sales, but People Nintendo buy that game again. But I think if you go in the total opposite 180 direction, right? Like that's where Nintendo's head is at, right? They're like, we want to create this aura of like mystique around our Nintendo exclusives, which is where Sony was at like a decade ago, I think. But like Sony has moved on from that way of thinking. I think it's a very old way of thinking, a very classic Disney way of thinking. But yeah, I don't know if Nintendo will ever stop thinking that way. Yeah, I mean, this whole this whole time we've been recording, I've had an ad uh, for the Epic Game Store showing me that I can pre-purchase God of War on the Epic it, January 14th. I thought it was only on Steam. Is it on no, Epic? It says it's on Epic Game Store as well. That's really cool. I'll probably I guess buy we it can, on Steam. We can quickly mention that too. Uh, God of War got announced for uh, PC. That's hype. Uh, just like we thought it would. And uh, I'm very, very excited for this. Because uh, they, they revealed God of War sales numbers too, and they're around 20 million, which makes it like, I think, top five best selling PlayStation exclusives ever. And it's just going to, I think it's going to get a pretty significant second boom on PC. Oh, I think I, a lot of people are going to rebuy it because, like, looking at the feature set it has on PC, it's going to support DLSS, DLSS yeah. which is something you just don't have on console. And it, it supports up to 8K, like, oh God. super That's high nice. frame rates and everything. Dude, like, this it looks game... to be a very good PC port. Honestly, like this game on PS4 was eye meltingly gorgeous. I can only imagine uh, on PC what what the experience will be like. I, I always heard people would complain. It's like, but you're waiting two years to play a game. I'm waiting two years to play a game that has all the DLC and is bug free in a higher resolution and a higher frame rate. <laughs> and in my oh, humble like, in my humble opinion, this is one of the best Sony games ever made. So oh, yeah. I I really hope both of you buy this and play this game. I will regularly wait two years to play the best version of a game. I also, yeah, I, yeah, I have a backlog to support me waiting two years to buy a game. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I look forward to playing it. I, uh, I will be picking it up probably day one, just uh, partially because I really want to support Sony bringing their games to PC. Yeah, and I think you know, let's let's just recap quickly here. They brought Horizon Zero Dawn to PC, which, you know, it was very successful. It was quite successful on PlayStation, right? But it was a brand new IP, right? And they brought Days Gone to PC, which was kind of like a, kind of like a wet fart, to be honest, because Days Gone, you know, it has its, you know, dedicated fans, but it's not like making any waves. God of War, you one could make the argument that God of War has been the face of PlayStation since PS2, right? Yeah. God of War has 100%. an immense legacy behind it i would also this, like to note horizon zero dawn was a really bad pc port when it launched that's and true days gone was apparently a really good one yeah i mean like i think it's just a case of sony figuring out the best way to port to pc right uh-huh. with their nixus acquisition it's only going to get better and better and so i'm confident when god of war launches on pc it's going to be a immaculate pc port we're like, sages it, we predicted this happening yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. like, I mean, like anyone with a brain could have predicted this happening, oh, no. which makes it even more shocking. Like, I saw a tweet um, of Corey Barlog, the game's director, celebrating the fact that it was on coming to PC, and there were so many angry fanboys in the replies. They were like, "I'll never buy a God of War game again. PlayStation has betrayed me. All this nonsense." I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> you people are the ones that the devs hate the most." You know, like this. 
This is you are not defending. <laughs> they got him. The PlayStation fans got him. <laughs> the PlayStation fanboys got him. Oh no. My back. Yeah. Yeah. The PlayStation <laughs> fanboys and put armed soldiers in your home. <laughs> Jesus Man, PlayStation betrayed me. What is this? <laughs> is this a samurai movie? But yeah, basically what I, I was just saying, like, it's it's so silly. It's so stupid, like, and it it just doesn't make any sense. And it's like blind, rabid fanboyism without any real purpose behind it. And I hate it. Yeah. yeah but, really no, very excited for God of War to come to PC. And I'm very excited for more people to play this game. Uh, and I do recommend, like, I, I, I don't know about you, Mike. You've probably played previous God of War games. This game really kind of is like a fresh start, but it it becomes several orders of magnitude more impactful if you have a rough idea of the story. So if you buy this game, I recommend just watching like a quick summary video on YouTube of like the original trilogy or something. Just Can to I tell get you something really funny. Yeah, I never played the original God of War games because when I played Sonic Unleashed as a kid. I saw people comparing the combat, the the Wolf Sonic combat, to uh, to God of War, and I was like, that game must be terrible. Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I, I played. I don't know if that's like a total false equivalence now. Yeah. But I like, played God of War the one. Wolf combat and Sonic Unleashed was so bad. I just assumed God of War was really bad too. I mean, let's be real here. God of War one for the PS two sort of set a benchmark in you know like third person action combat. You know, which was only elevated by things like Devil May Cry and stuff. But like, you know, God of War was like up there at the time. Like, and of course, the combat has been drastically reworked in, you know, 2018's God of War as compared to the original trilogy. But it's a lot more Dark Soulsy now, which I know you'll probably enjoy, Connor. But yeah. But yeah, overall thoughts, very happy about this. Moving on. So we finally got the announcement of the final Super Smash Brothers Ultimate character. I'm mad. <laughs> and okay. it, uh, I, I want to take I want to take a quick step back, real quick. Okay. Devil May Cry did it way before. Uh, I, I thought it had, and I had to look it up just now. Devil May Cry did it way before God of War did. Devil May Cry yeah. One came out in 2001. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm mixed up some history on my part, but I just wasn't gonna hear that blasphemy against Devil May Cry in this house. <laughs> Oh, there was it wasn't blasphemy, but but here's the thing. Okay, so God of War definitely was influenced heavily by Devil May Cry. Though. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, all all third person action have been. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, yeah, Sora from Kingdom Hearts is the final Smash Ultimate character. Uh, none of us really care at all about Kingdom Hearts, so this was kind of a nothing for me. I tried to get into Kingdom Hearts like four or five times now. And to be cl- to be fair, I've only played the first game. That it's not a good video game, guys. It's really bad. It takes five hours to get started, and once it gets started, I still wasn't having a good time. So I'm that sorry. Said, Sora and Smash has been pretty fun so far. I played him some earlier today, and I, I really like him. My comment on Kingdom Hearts: I own all the games. I bought them all on some sort of sale, and I've been intrigued by it only because I feel like it is. Metal Gear Solid esque in its absurdity. Like, yeah, who? no, exactly. That's the same thing that draws me in. Is like, it looks really stupid in a really fun way, and, and story wise, maybe it is. But like, that the gameplay of Kingdom Hearts One is bad. It's just so boring. Like, I honestly, I hate turn based combat 
And I kind of wish that it was like just Dragon Quest style turn based combat because at least that would be like fine. I would I would mm-hmm. get through it to get to the story. But like, but like, it just who, has you running around these empty open worlds that are so boring. And but like, like, I wonder, like, who thought, like, how do you come up with a thought, like, you know, like Disney, like Cinderella and Frozen and stuff? Let's combine that with Final Fantasy anime nonsense. And those are all make set that dressings, though. Like ninety percent of Kingdom Hearts is just the yeah. Disney set dressings, and then the actual plots in the first and last like quarter of the game. Yeah, I I do want to say like the idea of like Disney and video games has always intrigued me. Like I was really interested in Epic Mickey when it came out because I thought like that was that was like an honest to god attempt to make Mickey Mouse a video game character. Yeah. And like looking like there, there's a good series. Matt McMuscles is a YouTuber that does a cool series called What Happened. Oh, I love that series. Yeah. And his episode on Epic Mickey is really fun because like they really did give it an honest try to make Epic Mickey an amazing game. And it like yeah. just for, for, for various reasons, it came out as just an OK game, which isn't even that bad. But it like was a really good idea, in my opinion, like trying to like kind of get like new super tame Mickey Mouse and like make that make sense with Mickey's history of being kind of a dick and like the older cartoons and stuff and like analyzing that in a game. And they bought back Oswald the rabbit. And I think, uh, I think it was Bob Iger at the time. He was like super on board. He really loved the whole thing and like everything was going for it. And it got a sequel that was apparently pretty good, but then it just went away. And like the whole story of Epic Mickey, like all of that, all the cool stuff that happened there made me want to give kingdom hearts a shot. And I just ended up really hating it. Yeah, I don't know. I, maybe someday I'll give it a shot just to see what the fuss is about. But I think the worst part about Kingdom Hearts is to understand the story you have to play. No, you don't. You only have to really play one, two, and three. Mm, like there's like eighteen spinoffs that yeah, actually and they're apply all, to the story between two and three. They're all okay from, what, but I, I looked into it and like to understand the core Kingdom Hearts story, you only have to play the numbered entries. Like. The That's main story. And there'll, there'll be like side stuff that they talk about that you won't understand. Like there's some weird data Sora that happened that and in all honesty, I looked into it. It sounds really inconsequential, but they mention it in King. They like name drop it in Kingdom Hearts three because they want to reward the people who played all those games. But really to get to understand the plot, it's like you didn't have to watch every single Marvel movie to understand Infinity War. Like, yeah, I don't know. But anyways, uh, I, Sora. I, but I do got to dunk on anybody who is going to tell me that Kingdom Hearts 1 is a good game. I honestly have thought about skipping to 2 just to see, to give it a real fair shake because they probably improved it a lot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so Sakurai interestingly said that Sora was the most requested fighter for Smash. Yeah. Uh, which I guess I believe, you know, like Kingdom Hearts is a huge deal. And uh, it, you know, it's funny to me, like I, I was thinking like, I wonder who else was on that list. That just Goku. didn't make it. I bet, you know, it was some absurd. Like, Goku was for sure. Goku was top for sure. five. Yeah, like, I, I have a hard time believing more people wanted Sora than Goku, but I absolutely believe that Sakurai does not count Goku in any way. <laughs> yeah, like, even if Goku was, like, secretly number one, he was never getting into Smash, you know? like I'm still mad that they the first thing they unveiled was Doom Guy as a me yeah. costume. Yeah, I, I had a friend that, that right there. Like, yeah, I had a friend saying, like, Doom Slayer got into Smash. Like, yeah, me Gunner, that's basically his moveset. And I was like, man, me Gunner doesn't even have a shotgun. Don't don't blast me <laughs> like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, I mean, at know, least the like, Doom guy and Isabelle are in the same game. Yeah, that is pretty hype. Wasn't it that like a lot of the me fighters in Wii U ended up being like actual characters in Ultimate? Like maybe some of the the fighters are kind of foreshadowing for potential characters in the next Smash. But who is knows? that the case? I didn't know that. I think that was the case. Yeah, like. It, it is kind of weird that Smash Ultimate is done, like done, done now, right? Like no more patches, no more balancing, no more That's characters. Not necessarily true. They didn't say. They said no more characters. There might be a few more balance patches. They said development on Smash Ultimate is complete. To me, that indicates they're just done. You know, so maybe. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get another balance patch. But yeah, well, you know, no more characters. Yeah, and I mean, like at the end of the day, like w- whether we care or not about Sora, like. It's a monumental achievement to have Sora in this game. Like, just all of the negotiating that must have happened with Disney, you know, like, just to get him in. Like, it, Sakurai. It is really up. lame that there's no Disney representation, though. Yeah, I mean, I, there's, that would probably have opened, like, a whole nother Pandora's Well, I box. wonder if Sakurai didn't even want to put any Disney stuff in, because they're not video game characters, you know? True, yeah, true. So I gotta wonder, I gotta wonder... Yeah, it was probably negotiation stuff as well, but it is very weird that the game that is, well, let's be honest, only interesting because it has Mickey Mouse in it. I would have expected, like, I was half expecting when watching that, like, the final Smash at least would have some Disney stuff yeah. in it. But. Yeah, right? Like, I mean, do we even see Mickey Mouse ears at any point? Like, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I don't I'm think not. so. Yeah. But I don't yeah. know enough about Kingdom Hearts, really, to... To say what a good Sora Final Smash would be, but like we we now have a Smash Brothers game where you can have a match in which you know Sora, Sonic, Mega Man, Pac Man, uh, Sephiroth, Minecraft, Steve, Joker from Persona, like all fighting. Like you know how it's just absurd to think that this thing exists, and I I'm very happy that it does. I think it is the best crossover in gaming history. And I think Sakurai should be very proud of what he has accomplished uh, with with Ultimate. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, somehow the next Smash can top it. But I really have my doubts. Like, I don't. Have you had a chance to play a Sora any? Not yet. No, I played a couple rounds of Zim earlier today because I wanted to see what he was like before we recorded. And he is shockingly fun. I, I you know I am annoyed that his down B is a counter. Because that the go-to down that's B. really boring. We have another yeah. swordsman with a counter, but all of his other moves, like his up B, is a lot like Link's. His uh, his side B is a lot like Pikachu's, which is interesting. Yeah, and and I remember watching the presentation. The interesting thing being like you could chain the up B and side B together. Yeah, and he's really floaty. So like Sora is very strong in the air. Yeah, which is fun. Although I did notice his down B. Or not down, but his his air down smash. Very difficult to not kill yourself with in my very mm-hmm. limited time with it. I like I was, you know, I would finish off whoever I hit with it, but I was not going to make it back to the stage. Yeah. There were yeah. four. Four me costumes that became fighters. Wow. I think that's pretty decent. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll Inkling, get the Slayer. They were all Nintendo properties though. There was um, Inkling, uh, Isabel, K Rule, and there was one more. God, I want the Doom Slayer. I don't know, man. Like, I'm going to make a wild prediction here. Like, with what Sakura has pulled off with Ultimate, like getting all of these third parties and some, like, and crop, in some cases, even first parties from other studios into this game, I feel like the next Smash Brothers could just go crazy, right? Like, just 
insane like deep cut, yeah. deep cut picks from like all sorts of third party games. Like I feel like that's possible now because of what Sakurai did here. But yeah, like a lot of people have thought that the next Smash Bros game would be like much smaller, right? Like a uh, smaller roster, maybe change up the gameplay in some significant way. I don't know how that would work, but like there's no way they can keep going bigger, I think. At least not next. I feel like next they have to take a weird sort of left turn. Because it'd be wild if they just like announced Smash Ultimate 2 with like 200 characters or something like that. You know, like, I don't see that happening, but... Yeah. But yeah, Sayonara Smash Ultimate, you were, uh, you were something special. What do you mean? Now we can start playing the game. <laughs> yeah, now the game's complete, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think the the final sort of thing in this hodgepodge of gaming news I wanted to talk about we got a trailer for the Uncharted movie <laughs> and right from the get-go right when they announced so w- when they announced Tom Holland as Nathan Drake I had doubts let's just say that and then when they announced Mark Wahlberg as Sully I had severe doubts I'm really like th- there's something they could have done to make it less offensive like making it like a, a prequel from way back or something You know, I watched that trailer and I was kind of shocked, right? Like, they are mashing together the plots of, like, multiple Uncharted movies. Or not even the plots, but it looks like they're mashing together, like, major set pieces. Like, you saw the pirate ship in yeah, and the plane in 3. And I... You know what my problem with that is? That plane is not anywhere near as impressive in a movie. Like, here's my problem. Like, when I played that scene in Uncharted 3... I'd never seen anything like that before in a video game. That and might I, still be the best set piece ever made. It <laughs> like, is straight yeah. up. Yeah. I but really here, like the, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, Uncharted three has two of the best set pieces. I think I've ever, it has the sinking ship too. Yeah. Doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Those yeah. two set pieces are just incredible. And like, it doesn't like w- watching someone else do it in a movie is not going to hit so the way he, that it did. Yeah. My main problem with this is that it's doing what every freaking video game movie does where it's like, Hey, remember this scene from the video game? It's in a movie now. Isn't that cool? And it's that would doing be that. pretty inoffensive so if it wasn't Mark, like even Tom Holland, Tom Holland playing Nathan Drake. I don't like, if like he was that's, playing, that's, I'm sorry, Tom Holland, but like, I can't see Tom Holland playing anyone other than a teenager. He's like, not old enough. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nathan Drake is like at his youngest 25. Like, and even yeah. that feels a little young. Like, he, like, he's an older guy. Like, maybe if they were doing the young Nathan Drake stuff from like Uncharted 3 and 4, then. Yeah, but they're not. I, yeah. <laughs> like, you saw like Tom Holland like working in a bar. And I was yeah. just like, no. Okay, no, you are not drake and he doesn't feel like he doesn't act sure himself and even young nathan drake was extremely full of himself like okay but to be fair like i watching the trailer i did pick up some of like on uh pick up on some of nathan drake's like signature quips and stuff but like it's just not convincing i mean the outfits are good the outfits tom holland is wearing are very nathan yeah i'll give him that the outfit's spot on but like and i and i say that because mark Wahlberg is not dressing like sully mark Wahlberg's just wearing regular clothes he's not even trying (laughs) just like wandered on set like (laughs) like what are you doing Sully has white hair sully wears hawaiian shirts sully sully has a mustache (laughs) yeah and sully sorry i know we don't say a lot of language but Sully says, God damn, every other word. And yeah. like, 
The fact that we didn't get a single Sully goddamn in that trailer. Yeah, come on. You needed that. Come like, on. Like, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to see the movie. Like, So here's, here's the worst offender about this movie. Uh, this movie has been in production hell for quite a while, right? Like, in 2017, Neil Druckmann was asked, like, hey, what, what, what can we expect from the Uncharted movie, right? Like, it's being written and stuff. He said... Naughty Dog has not been asked for any input whatsoever for this movie. Oh, no. it's going to be a disaster. So, oh, no. Naughty Dog I, had no say in this movie, as, as far as we know, right? Like, and which, which is even weirder to me because this is a Sony made movie. Like, what, what, how, how is that breakdown of communication happening? Yeah, like, here? they have access to those, right? Like, because, like, frankly, like, the Uncharted writers could have just written a movie. Like, they're yeah. perfectly capable, I feel like. Yeah, I don't know for what reason, but like it seems like Naughty Dog has minimal involvement in this movie, which means it's just going to be some generic action flick with an uncharted coat of paint slapped onto it, you know, like Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, like why is Nathan Drake has a pretty established backstory that does not include him ever working in a bar. <laughs> like Yeah, I don't know what they were trying to do. Also, was that I, You know, that honestly, I thought Elena? Or not Elena. No, that was Chloe. Chloe, I, thank that you. That had to be Chloe, right? That looked exactly like her. Yeah. But uh, I feel like they had Nathan Drake in the bar just to make Tom Holland seem older. Like, I feel like that's what they were and trying to do. it didn't work at all. It was just really uncanny. Yeah. Because it's just like, okay, Peter Parker's like trying to be Nathan Drake and it's just bizarre. Yeah, it's really I mean, like, he's got the physique for it more or less. They need uh, they need someone in their thirties for Nathan Drake. I think. Yeah, like, I feel yeah. I feel Mark Wahlberg should have just grew a mustache for that. He he needed a mustache, or at least put on a fake mustache. Or like, slick his hair back, even like he looks like Mark Wahlberg pretending to be Sully. It's just really lame. It's really lame. It is. It is so lame. Like, like did uh, Mark Wahlberg see a moment of footage of an Uncharted game? Like, you know what's funny? So I, I only found out about this because one of my friends texted me and was like, "Hey, Uncharted movie," and I looked at my phone, looked at the thumbnail, and I just texted him back, "Yeah, that's gonna be a no from me, dog." Like, yeah. I didn't even watch the trailer. Then I begrudgingly watched the trailer, and it was just as bad as I thought it would be. I do like, take a step back. I, I'm roasting Mark Wahlberg here. I know that that's not how movies work. I know that he did not choose his wardrobe and everything. Like, yeah, but it's I, just I funny. That. Like, it's because it's Mark Wahlberg. It's just funny. Yeah, it's just he looks nothing like Sully. Like, yeah, Sully should be like he doesn't talk anything like Sully either. By the way, this trailer portrays him. No, that's very. Uh... Yeah, it, it, I, it, it's unfortunate because I think Uncharted in the right hands could be a really, really good movie. But like this, this is Uncharted. Just, <laughs> let's be honest. Uncharted and Naughty Dog's hands is a really good movie. Oh, <laughs> dude. Like I time. still remember, dude, when Uncharted Drake's Fortune came out for the PlayStation 3, I had friends that came over to my house and we just watched all the cutscenes. Like they, yeah. they, that's what they wanted to do. Like they, they were so interested because back then games like that weren't really common, you know, like, yeah, no, I, Uncharted was like. I think it might have been the first PlayStation 3 game I got. Like it was that or it was that or Little Big Planet, and like. Uh, now, now let's be honest. Drake's fortune is a little tough to go back to compared to two and it three. Is. And it absolutely is. But at the time, Drake's fortune was just like, it was "What insane. is this? This is incredible!" You know, because nah, like, that was like at the beginning of like the whole Ludo narrative dissonance thing that people were doing, where like you know 
Nathan Drake was calling someone else a killer and they were like, well, how many of my men have you slaughtered today and all that? And like, yeah, you know, that, that was all still pretty fresh at the time. So it's still, it was still like something interesting, you know, unlike today, but no, it was a really good, it was a really good and smart game at a time when I had not played a ton of those. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate to see them doing this with it, you know, like just seems as generic as possible, but just a couple of those famous video game set pieces thrown in to appease the fans, which is what I feared it would be. But what can you do? Yeah. I think I, I really do think the only good video game adaptation or one of the only good ones, I shouldn't say the only good one, but one of the only good ones will be The Last of Us on HBO just because that's got so much being poured into it. Man, I'm just going to tell you that Mortal Kombat movie slapped like... Oh yeah, it was actually pretty good. It was pretty fun. You got a well, horror fun movie. Did you guys ever watch Assassin's Creed starring Michael Fassbender? No, I wanted nope. to. It Avoided it. I actually did, and it was bad, but it was entertaining. But it was bad. The Sonic movie was. I, I get a little annoyed because people give the Sonic movie way too much credit for just being a passable movie. <laughs> I mean, but that's what we have now. Like, the, like that's what we're working with. You know, like yeah. To, to people outside of video games, they must see these movies and be like, this is what, you know, everyone's into. Like, this is what's... I don't feel like that's mo- that common anymore. People know. Yeah, people know. Yeah, people just, know that video games tell meaningful stories now. I don't think that's... I'm just secret. complaining to complain. Yeah, I'm just mad know, about this movie. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, I don't think that... I think video game literacy has gone up a lot recently. No, so no, I, I don't agree. Wanna, I don't want to yeah. dunk on the normies too hard. I spend a lot of time doing that anyway. Yeah, it's just oh god, this movie angers me on such a visceral level. Ugh. Especially because it's like something I care about so much. Like Uncharted is like one of my favorite things ever. Like I love great. Uncharted. But and, it and will I remember something be similar than the Mario movie still. It probably will be. But I just wanted a quick quick uh, story story time. I remember I think senior year of high school, uh I loved Avatar the Last Airbender. Um, oh that's so rough and, and this this was right before like this was right before like the final part of book three came out right like so like right before like the final part of the story came out they released an uh live action adaptation yeah of this movie and you know me being a naive child at the time i didn't think to like read reviews of this movie or like look up why m night Shyamalan was a hack and shouldn't be making movies I convinced all of my friends to go see this movie at midnight on release. Oh, but and I've never heard the end of it, <laughs> even yeah, to this day. So, uh, for me, it was I actually weirdly I got burnt before that. I got burnt with Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh God! And so I knew that the Avatar movie was going to be bad. Yeah, Dragon Ball Evolution. That's I. I didn't even. I'm the biggest Dragon Ball fan. Like you will probably find in a hundred mile radius. And I did not touch that movie with a 10 foot pole. I remember Dragon Ball Evolution. I remember like being confused when I walked out of the theater. Like I was in denial about it being a bad movie. I was like trying to, I was trying to figure out what, what did I misinterpret? Like where, where was the good movie? (laughs) It was me. I I was the problem with this movie. I didn't understand it. And no, it was just really bad. I, I thought that was before uh, The Last Airbender, though. Am I wrong? I think it was. I think it was like... Okay, because I know people don't talk before. about it nearly as much, but Dragon Ball's also 
a little more niche, I think. Oh my god! And in in the last Airbender movie, they had the audacity to end it with a sequel tease. Oh my god! I know. It's just like, oh my goodness. (laughs) No, I mean, there's no better way to disrespect your source material than to say that the cartoon pronounced his name wrong. Like. Yeah, like what? Like, if you had watched one episode of that show, you could have gotten the names right. Like, yeah. What is hap- What happened there? I don't know. Uh, you're, you're hurting me. Yeah, this is this is painful. Let's move on. Let's, let's we, pretend uh, none of this happened. We've been playing? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I want to go first, if that's all right with everybody. Go for it. Metroid Dread is really good, you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing it's potential game of the year, which is not surprising you to see, me. See, I have a hard time placing it over Psychonauts 2 as game of the year, but it, it really depends on what you're looking for in a game, honestly, because, like, I have no desire to replay Psychonauts 2, and I have every intention of replaying Metroid Dread. Like, yeah. it just didn't have a story that hit me in the same way, you know? Yeah. Although it does have a story that does hit you in a very good way. Like, it's subtle. It's not a lot of story, but there's some there. It, uh, I'm a big Metroid Fusion guy, and uh, that was my first Metroid game. And I know a lot of people don't love it, but Mercury Steam, the guy, the guys who made this, they uh, originally they made they made the Metroid Two remake, and they originally wanted to remake Metroid Fusion. And I, I want it was somebody high up at Nintendo was like, no, uh, Metroid Two needs to touch up a lot more than Metroid Fusion does. So they got put on that, but they. They clearly love Metroid Fusion. There's a lot of Fusion fan service in Dread. Like there, there's a there's like a little um, one of the things that cutscene that catches you up at the beginning of the game. A recap, and uh, I was very happy to see SAX in 3D and everything looking very good. Uh, Samus's new suits look incredible, with one exception uh, that I'll get to in a minute, but uh I, when I played through the game, I was sitting here thinking, like, you know, this is this is maybe linear. I don't know if people are going to love this, but I I didn't really get lost. I got lost, like, one time playing the game. Yeah. And uh, as it turns out, I just, like, like, followed the hints really well and didn't see, like, if you do get lost, if you choose to go off the beaten path and get lost a bit, like, there are a lot of skips and stuff in this game that, that are really cool. And, and, like, some of those skips have cutscenes locked behind them. Like... There's a there's a boss kill uh, cutscene that you only see if you sequence broke to get to it. Like, no way. It, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Like, you have to have a bil- to trigger this secret boss ending. You have to have abilities that require sequence breaking, and that's incredible. Like, that just shows so much respect for this franchise. Yeah, and, and it just it feels really good to play. Like, I hundred percented it, and like hundred percenting it. It kind of felt like when I hundred percented uh, Mario Odyssey, where like I wasn't like necessarily loving the content that was left in the game, but it was just like simple enough puzzles that let me keep moving around in this world as this character that feels really good to play as, and Samus especially in this game feels really good. Like when you get more and more powerful and stuff, and you just start blasting through these rooms like they're nothing, that feels really good. Yeah, and. and- it's not an easy game. Like I, I, I restarted it in hard mode and was having about the same difficulty I was in normal mode. But like, I don't think I beat a single boss in this game the first try, except maybe the first one. Like, I died quite a bit, especially against the final boss. The final boss is very grueling, in, yeah, in a man. good way. 
I, I need to play this game. Like, I will certainly play it before the end of the year because I think, you know, it could probably, it, it might be my game of the year. You know, like, I feel like it'll probably be between this and Returnal for me, but we'll see. Yeah, it's clearly, like, informed by newer, newer search action games. Like, I, I don't want to say that I felt Hollow Knight in it, but it has, it has a dash move that, like, jumping around during boss fights and dashing. I felt a little bit of Hollow Knight there. I don't know if that's yeah. where they got it from. But I felt it a little bit. Um, the only thing that I feel falls a little short is that, like, when I'm remembering my time with this game, I do not remember the Emmy sections at all. They were kind of just there. Like, they didn't detract from the game at all. And I, like, I'm a big fan of, like, refinement by removal. Like, if yeah. something's not working, it should just be removed from a game. And the Emmy sections were not bad enough that I would remove them. They just were not the selling point that they act like they were. To me, at least, mm-hmm. like I, I would get stuck on them for a little bit sometimes, but dread was not really the feeling. And I think they did a good job in a lot of ways to make you feel dread. Like when the Emmy catches you, you have a chance to escape, which has you like, like a lot of horror games. When you get caught by the monster, you just drop the controller and watch the cutscene play, and you can't do that in dread because you do have a chance to escape, and that's a really good idea. That's really smart, and it's like a frame perfect thing. I got it a few times that, you know, there are people who can get it every time. I'm not one of them. And that's really cool. I think my real problem is that the Emmy design is not scary at all. Like I, I did not feel dread. I, I was tense during these sections. I, I felt some serious tension, but dread was not it at all. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of wish you had played it a little, either of you to, to bounce off of me. Cause that may just be me. You know, I, I might, cause yeah. I had just played the spooky section of um, echoes of the eye, the outer wilds DLC. And mm-hmm. that, while I didn't like it, was a far more effective horror section, in my opinion. And it also just kind of felt really weird because Sam is very much like, you're the top dog, you're smashing through everything, you're smashing through everything. Oh, Emmy section, you can't do anything here. You got to just sneak around. And then suddenly you're smashing through everything again. And I, I, I do think you kill all the Emmys throughout the game. That's not a major spoiler. You learn that very early that you're going to be doing that. And um, I think that detracts from it a little bit too, because like, SAX, for instance, is the closest thing this franchise has done to this before. Felt way more meaningful because you're you're running for the entire game and then you finally get strong enough to compete with it. And you yeah. do and you win and it feels really good and everything. Whereas the Emmys, like you compete with each individual Emmy for like an hour or something and then you kill them and it's not nearly as triumphant. So how, long was, how long was Metroid Dread? Like 12 hours ish? Uh, I 100%ed it in about 12 hours, I think, yeah. Okay. So Short and uh, sweet by today's standards, I think. that's. And to be clear, I 100 I did not, I, I also, well, I didn't 100% it. I, I collected most of the pickups before the final boss because I was struggling and I just needed to get stronger. And, uh, you know, that's how you get stronger in Metroid games if you haven't played them before. Uh, you find energy tanks that give you more health and you find missile tanks that give you more missiles. And I also, like, I haven't played a lot of Metroid games recently or anything, so, like, I didn't think to use my power bombs, for instance, during a boss fight. And it turns out that's a really important thing to do during some of the boss fights. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it until the final boss. I, you know, so on my next playthrough, I'll be doing that a little bit. It's a, it's a smart move that you have in your arsenal that I was just ignoring. Yeah, I, I watched a couple reviews for this game, and, like, it just seems to play so beautifully. Like it does. It, like it really little animations does. I, Samus does too. Just add to 
just how have good you, it feels. Have you played a lot of games in that genre, Amid? Metroidvania? Yeah, Metroidvania, search action, whatever. I mean, I, th- I feel like I have, but none of them have been Metroid games, you know? Because, like, I speak the language of search action games pretty clearly because I've played a lot of them. So let me be real. I'm not really sure what you mean by search action. It's it's just a better way to say Metroidvania that doesn't. Okay. Because, you know, a lot of people don't want to call Metroid Fusion a Metroidvania. It's hard to call the first Metroid game a Metroidvania. Half the Castlevania games aren't Metroidvanias. It's a dumb name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. Well, me being like someone who's one of my favorite games like ever is Hollow Knight. Yeah. And me too. Do you think that yeah. sort of jives with? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. I was just asking because like <clears throat> if you don't speak the language real well, this is going to be longer than a 12 hour game for you. Probably you're probably going to get lost for a bit. And that's, you know, yeah, I I've played a lot of I've even played a lot of them recently. So. I see the I see the subtle cues and stuff that point you in a direction and all maybe better than somebody who hasn't played a ton of search action games does. So because I, I remember when I played Hollow Knight, I got lost forever. Yeah, Hollow Knight was <laughs> labyrinth. Hollow Knight lets you get lost a lot more than Dread does. But Dread, yeah, I didn't get lost a single time playing Dread, but I, I have heard from a lot of people that they did and like had a good time getting lost. So yeah. I just maybe got lucky, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But I, I really loved it. It was really fun. The only the only real complaint I have is that uh, the gravity suit in this game looks a terrible. It's so ugly. It's so bad. Mm-hmm. It's like got these like you can look it up and see it. It's it's the you know it's it's in every Metroid game, so I don't consider it a spoiler. They also name drop it really early in the game. But uh, it's this real ugly. I don't really like the color. It's this weird fuchsia kind of color. And you have these like green lightning bolts going from your shoulders down to your hips, and it's just really tacky, and I hate you, it. Um, one thing I I will mention is it seems like they Nintendo is using Metroid Dread to advertise the Switch OLED. Yeah, uh, which is kind of strange. I mean, it is a beautiful game graphically, but like, yeah. I don't know if I really. I don't have an OLED TV. I don't have an OLED Switch. I was not wanting for either of those things while I played it, honestly. I play I play for the record I played through the entire game on my TV which yeah. felt right things are a little small docked maybe I don't know or Yeah I mean I, I I plan on playing this docked for sure yeah. but I do think it's interesting like they're choosing this game particularly like I guess it, the art style and the graphics really sort of accentuate the It's also just handheld a on OLED I really yep. don't think it accentuates an old, like it's not a lot of dark environments or anything in my opinion. What I really think it is is that it's a really graphically impressive game running yeah. at 60 frames per second that the release date lined up with the OLED. Like that mm-hmm. that's that's why I think they're doing it. I think like frankly I think Luigi's Mansion would be a better market for the OLED. It has a lot more dark scenes and everything. Yeah. But that that's just me. I don't know. I uh well it's not just darkness right like that's part of it right like the inky blacks but like just the the richness of the color too is improved on an OLED yeah but I don't have one so I don't know but it's a beautiful game the 60 frames per second feels very good yeah. I, uh, I wasn't expecting it I was pretty because of how good the game and yeah when Samus was so silky smooth running across that screen and I realized it was 60 I was very excited oh yeah like 
Yeah, I, I mean, I think since the very first time they showed this game, it's running at 60. So Yeah, I just didn't catch that, I guess, honestly. I was totally prepared to have a good time at 30. That's what uh, Samus Returns played at, and it was fun, too. I'm telling you, man, like something weird about this console generation, like for some reason, people are finally saying, finally, okay, yeah. we can move to 60. Like, it's it's happening. Also, I just I just got to say it again. The boss fights in this game are immaculate. Like... Every mm-hmm. single boss fight was really, really, really fun. And yeah. uh, that's not typical of Metroid games, in my opinion. A lot of them are just missile spam, and that was not really the case in this. That's good to hear. A good boss fight. There's nothing quite like a good boss fight in a video yeah. game. Yeah, like I, I felt genuinely challenged and everything on all of them. It was really fun. But yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. I just really liked it. I don't know if it's game of the year because Psychonauts 2 was really good, and I'd been waiting... Well, been waiting a similar amount of time for both, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah, Game of the just quick aside, Game of the Year this year is kind of tough, I think, because there are a lot of very good games. Uh, but, like, I don't think there's, like, one game that just, like, rocketed past everything else. Like, no, I agree. that's, that's happened in a couple years in the past, but this year is very competitive, I think. It's yeah. interesting to see where, how things shake out. Mike, do you want to give one of yours? Because I have two as well. All right. So it's about that time. How long has it been since Mass Effect Andromeda launched? (laughs) Good Lord. A few years now. Way too long. I finally started playing it. How is it? I'm I'm curious to hear about this. It's okay. It's not it's not good. (laughs) I wouldn't call it any genre defining game. It's okay at best. Well, actually, you saying it's okay is like actually more impressive than the praise it's I thought it would get. Playable. I I'm still not a fan of it, especially some of the enemy types are kind of spongy. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm just ill-equipped, but it I I've only made it past like the first planet, and it it hasn't grabbed me yet. Every other Mass Effect game has grabbed me at some point. I don't know if it will grab you. To be, I don't think it's going to grab me. I, don't, I think it's going to be a slow slog through Mass Effect Andromeda. And it's a pretty big game too, right? It's like 30, 40 hours, I hear. Probably. And it's just there's so many pieces of the game that are just long spans of walking around doing nothing. Even so in like, like main missions where there's no encounters, it's just environment that's dark and dreary and boring looking so for the mass effect trilogy there were sections where you just like walk around too but the difference there was the original trilogy the environments environments were so rich in like just they were gorgeous to look at like they looked so alien you know like which you know of course it's a game about aliens but like it was just so exciting to look at mass effect you know like mass effect felt like a lived-in world uh yeah and I don't know if Andromeda can replicate that. Andromeda has had this problem. You're walking through this precursor vault of like the remnant or whatever. And it just shows you this large span of these black pyramids <laughs> underground in a cave. Very uh, generically spooky. Yeah, it's it's not even meant to be spooky. It's just attempting to be spooky. Attempting to be atmospheric or something. It, it doesn't look good. Like, the joy of some of the alien planets was like, this is a cool world. This is a whole alien city. This was just a bunch of dark, indiscriminate pyramids covered in other dark, indiscriminate pyramids and a dark, indiscriminate liquid. Yeah. Like, 
You're really selling me on it, Mike. Oh yeah, I'm. I I can't ham it up any better than I already have. I, I mean, was just so bored of it. I this you know this this conversation has just got me thinking, and I I will say it again, even though I said it like 30 seconds ago. I can't overstate how good it felt to just live in the world of Mass Effect. Yeah, in the original trilogy, like I would often just like walk around and not do anything, just because like it just felt like. I feel like it's almost kind of like a future that I yearn for. Like, I hope there are aliens and I hope we get to hang out with them one day. But like Mass Effect executed on that fantasy so well. Uh, yeah, it had enough lore. I'm not I haven't even I'm not even interested in the lore of Andromeda because yeah, there's no lore? there's no emotional connection there. Th- that's another it's, thing. Like with the original trilogy, I could spend like an hour plus just reading codex entries like straight up, yeah. like not doing anything else. Like it was fascinating to read those. I think another, one of the flaws that Andromeda kind of suffers from is that they only have two, two or three. I think it's three alien races Which, that are new. And yeah, the rest like, is just like, the same that you've been encountering for four games now. How does You're that in make a whole sense? new galaxy? Exactly. Yeah, like you should have. It should be completely alien compared to the original trilogy. It's just, everything's dead. Everyone's dead. The world is disappointing. The precursors destroyed everything in six hundred years. Like, where have I heard that before? It's it's just it's just a Fallout game at this point. All the golden worlds are disappointing, and everyone's disappointing. But you're the magical pathfinder who can solve everybody's problems by activating magic technology that no one thought of doing. I know Bioware's working on a new Mass Effect game. I really hope it goes back. It is. I'm pretty sure they're not touching Andromeda ever again. They even relegated the DLC for the game to a book. Really? <laughs> yeah that's yeah wild. there's a whole dlc dictating like what happened on the korean arc dude that's so and they I, just my heart goes out to the team who worked on that game though because they really did probably pour everything they had into it oh yeah I, I there was a what happened on it we were going back to matt mcmuscles but he did a good post yeah on we it. go back to matt mcmuscles because he's good at his job he does his good research yeah but it it's just a disaster it, it doesn't feel. I'm not even nitpicking. Like I could nitpick some minor animation mm-hmm. bugs and everything, like everyone else has. But it's it's like overarching problems. Yeah, of that's narrative and trying to get people into the narrative because I I just can't I can't get attached to these characters because you know why would I? These aren't the same characters I've seen. They didn't bring anybody back important that I've spent three games getting acquainted with and all yeah, of a and sudden we're in a whole new universe with all of them are probably dead and that's such a <laughs> fatal mistake too because the characters in mass effect are stupendous like yeah they they are every single one of your companions well not every single one let me rephrase that but a lot of your companions are iconic and like they they, they made a huge blunder by not even like tying into that a little bit i mean they're uh uh what's the sorry uh, Liara makes a Liara, yeah. appearance and voice only. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just a voice log of, hey, you're investigating alien cultures. Here's an audio log from 600 years ago. We probably mm. all died to the Reapers because they don't tell you what happened. Yeah. This game takes place conveniently before Mass Effect 3. No way, does it really? And not before, before both before and after. Right, because then don't they like put people in cryo sleep and send them into Andromeda. Yeah, they and leave some, the yeah. only arcs shortly after mass shortly sometime during Mass Effect 2 before, they before the reapers just, invade. 
they figure everyone's just gonna get killed by reapers and they say yeah, i know they just they just bail i out. mean that's actually kind of an interesting premise for a story but it sucks that they didn't seem to pull it off and it's like oh there's these aliens that are all bony and everything and spoilers that i've already been spoiled for for a game that's three or four years old now they're just other aliens they're just aliens that take other aliens and turn them into themselves through genetic magic mm. it's there's nothing exciting there and then you have robots yeah then you got robots and that's about it so robots yeah but they suck they're awful they're not fun to fight they have lasers that just strip your shields Mm. it's that that was in the original trilogy too right like we the big like the cerberus robots and two and stuff like, yeah, but those were fun to fight. Yeah, this combat system's great, and it encourages you to be mobile. But you add an enemy that just strips your shields and health in seconds if you're out of cover. So t- to be and fair, it, that's it that's the one you. thing I've heard positives about is the combat. Do you agree with that, Mike? I do like the uh, fact that you can evade and dodge. But playing on normal, half the game spent in cover anyway. Mm. There's not a lot of opportunities to use that movement system to its greatest advantage on even the normal difficulty because you just die too fast Mm. and health is limited to these crates that are lying around. And as is ammo, there's no, there's no pickups. There's no med gel. Mm. None of that. It's all these, just these crates that sit around randomly. So if, and they're limited. So if you run out of health, you run out of health. Mm. I I would never get that. I can't. That's weird. Yeah. You recharge health. Uh, In yeah, the- that's fine in a roguelike to me, but in a in a long form game, that's kind of weird. I think that they regen on areas, but you never go back to areas. It it just bothers me. Oh, what was another? I remember in the old Mass Effect games, the ammo crates were unlimited, so you could go back to an ammo crate and have more thermal clips. Hmm. That's not the case. Those are also limited. <laughs> it's just a shame. Like, the weapon crafting system's nice, but I feel like I'm not going to get into it. I'm going to find one weapon I like and never use the rest of them. That's just a common... I mean, the first game to fix that was Breath of the Wild, and everybody hated it. Yeah, it's... It just suffers from... Here's a bunch of... Here's an RPG system that feels like a games-as-a-service, really. And I, I can't get behind it. Yeah. Here's hoping the next one's good. <laughs> I hope. I think odds are good. Yeah. I I feel like they might have learned some lessons from Andromeda, so. Oh, we can hope. Yeah. All right, I can go next. I'll try to keep mine brief. So one of the two games I've been playing is Far Cry 6, and it's just good old dumb fun, in my opinion. It takes place, so you know how, I don't know if you know this, but each Far Cry game takes place in a fictional analog of like, a real place. So like Far Cry 5 took place in like the US, <laughs> which is very much a real place, but like it was like US overrun by cultists, which yeah. it's only Montana though. That's pretty yeah. normal for yeah, Montana. It was like Montana. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the pro that's the, that's my biggest problem with Far Cry games is that like they stumble into a political statement and then spend their entire marketing budget backpedaling. Yeah. Yes. So, so Far Cry Six takes place on the fictional island of Yara, which I think is like an analog for the Caribbean. It's Cuba. It's Cuba. It's just yeah. Cuba. Okay. And because yeah, a lot of people are really upset with like 
the way it depicts the series of events that happened in Cuba leading them to socialism and like yeah I mean it is it is very heavy handed but I will say I love um uh Giancarlo Esposito like he's just a tremendous actor I don't know if you guys have seen I, Break, I Breaking Bad, the Hollywood invasion of video games. Oh yeah, I think it's so stupid. I, the Hollywood invasion of voice actors is something that I don't like. It's extremely like, frustrating to me. I mean, I, I think actors are actors, but does just because they're a good actor doesn't make them a good voice actor. Well, well I'm not even saying it's, that because I, I mean, well, even saying that he did a good job. Giancarlo Esposito is literally in this game. Like, yeah, he's co-capped in everything. Like, so, so it feels like, especially if you've seen Breaking Bad. He plays Gus Fring in Breaking Bad, which is like, in my opinion, one of the all-time great TV villains. Yeah, he's and, really good. But like, and, my my problem is, why did they spend so much money on this? Like, it's a Far Cry game. Yeah, they gotta they gotta game. encourage people to Nobody's play the game. Nobody's buying it because Gus Fring is in it. Like, yeah, most of the people don't know who even know who that is unless they watch TV. I don't know <laughs> who he is. Well, I, I I don't know. A lot of people watch Breaking Bad. Yeah, Mike. a lot of people watch Breaking Bad, Mike. I think you might be in the minority. Here, I, I really am. I haven't watched Game of Thrones either. I just Me don't neither. watch TV. Game of Thrones is really bad from what I hear. Oh, I don't think I'll ever watch Breaking Bad. I won't well, watch anyways. The Office either, but that's, that's the on point, principle. The point here is uh, he brings like his Gus Fring energy to the role, which is I appreciate. But he's not in the game enough. Just from like He, he was in it a lot at the beginning. He's kind of interspersed. Really? Like, I assume he's more in it towards the end. And again, you know, like I, I'm not too far into the game. I think I'm just running around having a fun time. I'm playing a lot with my friend Josh, and I just Far Cry games were kind of made by their villains. Like, yeah, yeah. I think I think that is true to an extent. Like, uh, I, I mean, I saw Voss so much, I thought he was the protagonist. Like, the, yeah. the dude from Far Cry Three. Yeah, I mean, he was no a, one remembers the second yeah. villain in Far Cry Three. Everyone just remembers Voss. Well, I never played it. No, Voss was the villain for like the first half. Hmm. Then he dies. I'm like, I saw that dude from Far Cry 4 a ton. The uh, Pagan Min. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. also a good villain. Yeah, no, he, he seemed very cool. And the dude, even the dude in Far Cry 5 seemed cool. Like, and, and I mean, like, let me let me be clear here. I'm still very, very early in the game and he's had some really good scenes already. So I expect yeah. I'll see him more as I go along. But I've mostly been playing uh, by joining Josh's game. And the, the crappy thing is like, story progress doesn't carry over so like i'm just like yeah but you can play through the whole game that way and be fine right like well you can but that's not what i'm having progress yeah uh but yeah like i i hop in play with josh it's fun we get it's just like an absurd sandbox right like it's just like you're driving around in your jeep and then at any moment you can just be like mauled by a hyena and like (laughs) it's, it's just goofy nonsense like that you know like and, uh, you know, just like things like flying or it's, it's like GTA online, but really condensed, right? Cause it's not like a bunch of people. It's just like two people. Yeah. And I mean, like the AI is not very good, but like, who really cares? Right. Like, it's all about like, just, I feel like the exploring the world, having fun, kind of like sandbox experience type thing. They did make some changes to like the progression system. Like there's no like skills or anything in this game. There's. It's all based off like equips, like armor and like guns and stuff, kind of like Borderlands and Destiny, sort of, mm-hmm. but definitely not as deep as that. Um, the guns are pretty, you, you can customize your guns to quite a degree, which is pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, I think the main selling point of Far Cry to me is just like the dumb fun you have with it. 
and uh, I'm having fun with this too. I, I think I said to you, it's like junk food, but sometimes junk food is what you want, and that's just kind of how I feel about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a Far Cry game. It's not you know, it doesn't really stand out remarkably. It's just another entry in the series. That's Ubisoft for you a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, uh, I I have a game I want to say. I didn't. Sure. I haven't played it, but I'm I'm afraid I'll forget by our next episode. Uh, Eric Barone, uh, aka Concerned Dave, the developer of Stardew Valley, has announced his next game uh, at four o'clock today. Out of like out of nowhere, what it is, is it? called Concerned Apes Haunted Chocolatier. It is an RPG slash simulation game currently in development. Uh, in this game, you'll play as a chocolatier living in a haunted castle. In order to thrive in your new role. You'll have to gather rare ingredients, make delicious chocolates, and sell them in a chocolate shop. That sounds incredible. It's uh, It looks like it, it is a lot like Stardew Valley, but it, it looked like it had some clear magical stuff going on, like maybe more so than Stardew did. Um, and a, a, a little bit more focus on like action RPG combat sort of stuff, which I liked in Stardew Valley. I don't know how that'll sit with like the core fan base of that game that really liked the casual farming stuff. But I think this game looks amazing <laughs> yeah that that premise is is very good <laughs> yeah just I, I, I'm, I just didn't want that to go under the radar because i'm really excited about it but i don't think we're going to squeeze an episode out of it or anything and it, it doesn't have a release date or anything he just announced that it's in development it looked the ui was not finished in what he showed it's hard to say how early the game was but the user interface was a little rough yeah it looks I mean, really fun though <laughs> yeah i mean i'm sure if it's anything if it's even a small percentage as good as Stardew Valley, it'll be a amazing it'll be a masterpiece. Yeah. yeah, I forget how good Stardew Valley is sometimes. That game is really good. Yeah. All right, uh, Mike, do you have another game? <laughs> All right, so I have I have a jank early access game that I got in a, a humble bundle, humble monthly. It's called okay. what is it? Cephas Protocol? Cephas? Hey, they don't really say it, but it's a zombie RTS. Where you are charged with clearing a city of a zombie infection. When 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 I say it's super early access, it's it's got some it's got some idiosyncrasies right now. What month was it in? I don't even see it on Humble Monthly. Uh, it was. Hold on, it was a couple months ago. I think it was September. Uh, okay. Yeah, if you don't know off the top of your head, it doesn't matter. But I was just gonna yeah. look to see if I played it. It's it's somewhere in there. Hold on, I'm I'm looking it up as I talk about it, but. Yeah, you're meant to contain a zombie outbreak in what is an island in like San Francisco. Hmm. It's honestly kind of fun. There's something very satisfying about just walking through downtown this like not not true to life version of San Francisco, but nothing like the one in Sonic Adventure 2. Yeah, nothing like the one in Sonic Adventure 2. But you're just walking through slaying zombies that will can and will demolish you if you're not careful. It's probably a lot better than Back for Blood is. That game sucked. Yeah, it's, I've been seeing a lot of my friends play that, and I'm curious. I it's a top-down it. RTS, so I mean, Secret yeah. Protocol is definitely not Back for Blood. Yeah, I just wanted to dunk on Back for Blood because I forgot to talk about it, and I really didn't like it. Tried to but be Left for Dead and just failed. The devs are the devs dead. are trying their best. It it does feel in a way like a very early early game and like they aren't they aren't they're honest about how early it is and how how small their team is and trying to make it but it it has some potential 
It definitely feels like one of those RTSs that could be good. It could be bad. It was in like the August version of the Humble Humble Choice Bundle or whatever. Yeah. Is there, but it is has there, potential. Is there multiplayer? But not yet. There's only two modes. There's Pandemic Mode, which is the main clear, clear an island of an infection and then eliminate Patient Zero. Which really, you only have to eliminate Patient Zero and once you get Shredder rounds, which kill Patient Zero, you just have to drop from a helicopter and melt her. And you win the game. So it's still got a long ways to go, though. Yeah, it's still got a long way to go. I think they're adding civilian management now where you can build a civilian camp to make sure they aren't all infected and give them refuge because the civilian count directly influences how many infected and zombies you're going to have to kill. So if you save more civilians and prevent infection from spreading, you get less zombies to kill. That's really cool. And they're adding a faction system at some point where there'll be like anarchists and police and police forces fighting it out in the city as well, along with you. So there's there's definitely potential in the early builds, but it's it's still really, really new. I like the real experimental zombie games and stuff. I uh, I played Project Zomboid back in the day, which was pretty experimental. And uh to be clear, I have no idea what happened to that game because I hopped on it way too early. But it, it had I, some really good. It's cool a ideas. proper game now, I think. Really? I need to check it out again. I don't know. I played it and I just suffered. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's a hard game. And it's it's got some roguelike stuff to it, which is But I know. do like the concept of like this asymmetric RTS where you are the only person with guns and you're facing what is basically a horde. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. And they will, they can and will attack you and overwhelm you. I haven't had it happen because I built some games. good defensive lines. But it, it can and will happen. And if you let the infection get out of control, it does get a little rough. As we, as we yeah. know firsthand. And you can accidentally carpet bomb your own forces, which I have done a couple times. Everybody's done it. <laughs> Sometimes it's the only option I got. Uh, that's that's all I have to say about it. I haven't put that much time into it. Okay. I mean, still early access. Interested to see how it kind of evolves over time. Yeah. What do you got for us, Hammond? All right. So my final game is Nickelodeon All-Star Battle Royale. Or nice. I'm playing that uh, probably Saturday for the first time. So I, I had a lot of fun playing this with some friends. I played it on Switch, which only seems right. I feel like it'd be yeah. weird playing it on anything else, but I mean, play it wherever you want to play it. But um, it, it is very clearly inspired by Super Smash Brothers, right? Like it's the uh, same kind of like frenetic. It, it, I feel like it's almost closer to Super Smash Bros. Melee than it is to Ultimate. Like it's very fast, uh, very janky, but it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, there's no items. There's uh, yeah, there's no items, there's no voices, which is kind of strange. Um, yeah, that's a weird... But, and and the roster is a little small, but it, it does have some good picks. Like, it's got SpongeBob, Patrick, Sandy, got um, Aang and Korra, it's got Invader Zim, it's got Nigel Thornberry. Nigel <laughs> yeah, Thornberry. Some really good Overpowered. Um, I, uh, if you could add one character to it, who would it be? Uh, I want to see some fairly odd parents or Jimmy Neutron representation. Yeah, my uh, pick, easy Crimson Chin. 
Crimson Chin. Oh my god, that would be fantastic. Crimson Chin, and he's like a Captain America type, or not Captain America, Captain Falcon type dude. Oh my god, that is the best idea I've ever heard. They have to yeah. do that. Holy crap! Yeah, that that's fantastic. And instead of like a knee that he just like headbutts you with his chin. Yeah, I want it so bad. So they already have kind of like a Captain Falcon esque. Well, I shouldn't say that. He plays more like I it's think the bread Fox. guy, right? The powdered toast man, yeah. I don't even know where he's from, but yeah, me neither. But like, yeah, a lot of these characters, I'm like, not even. They've got uh, two Ninja Turtles in this game, which is interesting. They've got Leonardo and Michelangelo. Well, they've also got three characters from Avatar, so like, yeah, they've got Toph. Yeah. So they, I, I think, yeah, I think uh, Ninja Turtles, Avatar, and SpongeBob have the most representation with three characters each. Uh, Ninja Turtles also has uh, April O'Neil in the game. Nice. Which is a, a, a hilarious pick, right? Like, they didn't yeah. go for Casey Jones, but they went for April. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, man. Like, it, it has a lot. It has a decent number of stages. It has, like, the final destination in the battlefield, right? Like, from Smash Bros. And it has a lot of gimmicky stages, too, where, like, the stage just kind of, like, messes you up as you fight. But, like, I'm, I, I'm pretty impressed. Like, it's, it is slightly janky, but, like... I think they they recently released the first patch and they smoothed over a lot of the sort of issues with the game. And the game is extremely fast paced, like much. I think it's even faster paced than Melee, to be honest. Like it's it can be shockingly fast, this game like and and it does have wave dashing in it, like intentionally, which is hilarious. That's awesome. Um, and what, what's really cool, and here's where it starts to differentiate itself a little bit from Smash Bros. It has an aerial dash, right? Like, so you know how Smash has like an aerial dodge. This yeah. game has an aerial dash, right? So like the aerial mobility in this game is way better than Smash Brothers. And 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 it's weird too because we're also used to Smash Brothers, but like the way this game does its controls, right? It has a weak attack button a strong attack button and a special button so there's three attack buttons as opposed to smash brothers two attack buttons and that was a lot to wrap my head around for like the first hour or so of playing this game so yeah there's like uh and just like smash brothers like if you hold the stick in a different direction and press the button it does a different move so that applies to uh, light attacks uh strong attacks and special moves right so the move variety is is kind of I won't say it's better than Smash Brothers because like everyone has the same throw, which is kind of weak, I think. But like they they've done a few things to sort of differentiate. Like like they've definitely they come out saying that like hey we're inspired by Smash Brothers, but we've added a few key differences to make it feel distinct, which is which is cool. And they've already confirmed that they're going to be adding like several DLC characters, which which is much needed. I think there are some very notable omissions in this game. But uh, yeah, like I think just from a multiplayer perspective, that's where like the meat of this game is. I don't even I think it has a single player mode, but it's just like extremely bare bones. Like, yeah, I mean, it's a forty dollar party game. Like, yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's the best parts of Smash with a Nickelodeon coat of paint, but not as polished. And roll back that great. Yeah, yeah. The the netcode's fantastic, by the way. Like way better than Smash. Well, that's a low bar, but yeah. But no, it, it, it's super fun. Uh, You've been playing it online like this whole time, like uh, I have not, but I oh. have seen lots of online gameplay, and it's basically flawless. That's awesome. 
Initial impressions, Aang is absolutely broken. Uh, he's disgusting. You can you can like chair chain like aerials with him to where like to the point where like the other p- person can't even move. I don't know if the patch improved that or or not, but like yeah, uh, a lot of the characters have like really cool combos in this game already. You know, people are already finding really cool ways to string together attacks, which which is cool. Interested to see how this game, uh, how the professional scene for this game develops too, because like I enjoy watching melee like online or like professional melee like tournaments i feel like i would also enjoy watching professional nick all-stars i i'm gonna i mean my my i have to say this because my cousin's been saying it a lot for the past couple of months like it is okay to just make a smash clone with like a different franchise yeah it's fantastic i will play those games Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm surprised more people aren't doing it. But to be honest, I know PlayStation tried it once and it just sucked. Yeah, I think, I think that's part of it. But they're also probably not easy games to make. There are not a lot of platform fighters out there. You know? Yeah, I mean, five like Sakurai's got like is is definitely like the world's leading expert on this specific genre of game, right? Like it'll it'll take a lot of experience to get to the point where you can like have something as polished polished as Smash. You know? Like yeah, but like. I, you know, I mean, people are hungry for this sort of game. Like, Super Smash Flash, it's really fun. <laughs> like, and there's a few, like, indie games out there, like Rivals of Aether. I don't Rivals know. of Aether got really cool the moment it added, um, I didn't like any Shovel of the Knight? original characters, really, but the moment it added workshop support, that game became oh. very cool. Right, yeah, because you could just basically mod in your own characters. Mm-hmm. I've seen some really funny, like, I've seen, yeah, like, Goku it got, it in the game. very cool. Yeah. But, like, yeah. almost, uh, oh, I don't know the name of the game I'm trying to talk about. Never mind. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where this game goes in the future. And uh it's a lot of fun to play, man. Like if you got four people to play with, like locally, it's it's a blast. Yeah, I'm going to visit family this weekend and I'm gonna be playing it with my cousins and I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Alright. I have no idea how this episode became as long as it is, but it is. That's and, funny uh, what happens when you don't record for three weeks. <laughs> right. Oh dear yeah. God. <laughs> so yeah, I think just, we recorded at seven. Just, yeah, just six. getting this. We six. yeah, we recorded at six. It's now eight. We uh, also lost probably like half an hour almost. To, yeah, a lot of a lot of nonsense Sony happening fans. in this one. I I did get mugged by Sony fans twice <laughs> while recording this somehow. But um, just heads up, there will be no episode next week either because I am extremely busy. But hopefully after that we can start getting more regular. Even though the holidays are coming up, that might impact things. But oh god, um. That's going to do it for us this week. Thank you all for listening. You can follow us at Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any other podcast service you use. Click the link in the description to join our Discord and talk to us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yeah, see you guys whenever we record again. In probably two weeks. See you probably then. At some point. Sometime in the future. See ya. Maybe, maybe if it comes to H- or no, it's Sony, so it's not even going to come to HBO Max. You know what yeah. sucks? You know. Oh my God! They got him again! <laughs> they got him again! Sony! No. I swear to God! <laughs> Jesus Christ! My God! Am I back? Yeah, yeah, you're, you're back. back. What's happening? I don't know. It just like kicks me out of Discord for like thirty <laughs> milliseconds and then puts Weird. me back in.
Okay, but um, God, I lost my. <laughs> this is gonna be the worst episode ever.